everyone. Welcome to the pod. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And we're both Alice just standing in the corner waiting for all this drama to end so we can actually like let Bella see what the fuck she looks like. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. Um, What's been good for the past two weeks? So there's been one main thing that's been good for me the past two weeks. It's my new favorite activity. And guess what? I financially committed to it. So it's real now. And it's Pokemon cards. I have been obsessed with putting my old Pokemon cards, like organizing them. And now I've been buying new ones and organizing those. It's been really joyous. It's been bringing me a lot of serotonin. I am really enjoying it. However, Danny astutely pointed out that it could be translated in my brain as a gambling addiction. And here's the thing. I, it's harmless to me. I'm having a really great time and it's trading cards. So I just wanted to show you, I pulled this card today. It's holographic. It's insane. That it's, yeah, it's very pretty. It's like a dragon looking thing. I don't really know much else to say, but I like it. This is a VMAX Kyrim. I don't know how that's pronounced. I've only ever read the word, have not heard it spoken. Um, but he's a legendary Pokemon from Black and White. Okay, okay. So, once again, time for my ignorance to be displayed. Like, what? Like, I don't get how it could be gambling. I also don't really get... I, I support it, and I'm happy about it for you, but I don't really get it. Like, you just buy them, and then you look at them? Do you put them in, like, a certain order? Do you post about them online? Like, what what, what what's the actual activity? So, I mean... There is a game. There's a game that you play the cards with. I don't know how to play the game. For me, it's the joy of collecting. There's so many out there. There's different, like, I don't know, maybe over 100 different collections. I'm not entirely sure. But just, like, every package you open, you have a chance of getting getting certain cards. Some are more rare than the others. So, like, you have to spend money, basically, to get good cards, and you you don't know what you're going to get. So that's how it could be translated as gambling. I love the organization. I love putting the cards the way that I like them to be, and then I can look at them all organized really nice, and like, oh, I only have a couple more left from this collection. Like, I could specifically look for those on the internet. It's like the thrill of co completing a collection. I love it. Okay, that makes more sense. So when you buy them, you don't know what you're getting? Right. So they come in these packages and then there's like 10 cards in each package and then you open them up and see what you get. Okay. That's the part I was not understanding. I thought you were entirely aware of what you were getting and I was like, I mean, I also like putting things in binders, but I'm mentally ill. So <laughs> it's making more sense now. I will say that you, I know for a fact that you inspired Jacob because you told us both about this. And the other day I was on FaceTime with him and he was like, you could kind of tell that he was like listening to me, but wasn't fully with the conversation, you know? And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm just uh, organizing my baseball cards. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fun. <laughs> I 100% believe he was because we have actually been in a lot of communication about card collecting because I didn't realize he collected baseball cards until he said something. And I was like, oh, then you get it. Very serious. Yeah, he gets it. 
he gets it. And I, I'm happy for you both. It seems like the kind of thing that would also like bring me peace and joy. So I respect it. And I love Pokemon. There's a new Pokemon game coming out in a couple weeks. So if, if one of your friends is a Pokemon fan, you probably won't be hearing from them for a while. Thank you for that heads up. Um, I've been doing my favorite hobby of being sick again, even though I just had COVID. Trying to think what else has been going on with me. <laughs> Not much. Um, we did have a happy Halloween. Paige and I were discussing our Halloweens before this. Hope you all had a happy Halloween, too. It's like old-ass news. It's almost fucking Thanksgiving by the time you guys are going to hear this. But I, If you keep things spooky year-long, you can make Halloween last forever. It's true. I had an old roommate whose like favorite saying was spook 365 and I, I I really liked it I like that a lot um what else <laughs> housekeeping wise um thank you everyone for your fun and excited reactions to pages not fun and excited reaction to our live reading on our last episode um we enjoyed hearing what you all thought about it and thank you to everyone who was on our breaking dawn watch party Part one, um, we had a lot of fun. It was a great way to spend a Tuesday night. Also, Fernanda Pod Sky emailed us, and Paige hasn't seen it yet, but I have read it. Um, and she told us a story about how she visited, um, she was visiting La Push recently with her boyfriend. And she, it's a very funny story. I don't know if you, you want me to share it all on the air, Sky, but she basically, it was a fun, embarrassing story. I didn't think it was embarrassing. She clearly was embarrassed. But anyways, this is the type of shit that we live for. Um, we love it. So please feel free to email us your embarrassing stories all the time. We will tell you one back. I got plenty. I got a whole bank of them that I think of at 3 a.m. The embarrassing stories are what created this. I'm motioning to my entire self. I was going to say Paige is just generally gesturing in her direction. My shoulder also cracked, and I'm very curious to see if it shows up on the recording. I guess we'll find out. If you heard it, it's like a little Easter egg. I love it. Um, For my Swifty peeps, yes, I heard about the tour. I just personally don't think I can handle the stress of, like, trying to get tickets in 0.2 seconds. I just don't think. I heard about the pre-sale lines online today, and I just... Also, a bitch is broke. But if you are going, I'm jealous. I respect you. I have. I hope you have a great time. I don't think I'm going to go. But I did love Midnight's. Thank you for all of your messages about that, too. Um, feel free to converse with me about it anytime, because I have thoughts. And Malcolm just walked across the screen. <laughs> His little feet were so loud. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> So this week we decided to do a D recommendations corner. Um, do you want me to go first or do you want go, do you want to go first? I feel like mine's made lame compared to yours, so I'll go. Um, mine was just washing knives because every time, not every time, but I would say too high of a percentage of times that I wash my knives, I end up cutting myself. <laughs> so I don't know what are you supposed to do with those fucking things if they can't go in the dishwasher. You just rinse them and hope for the best? Like, sometimes you cut raw meat with those. I don't understand. I I rinse mine, and then I put them in the dishwasher. I don't risk it. 
I know, but I got this like nice set of knives for my sister for Christmas last year. And they said right on the box, not dishwasher safe. So I'm like, what do I do now? Well, heck, I'm, I don't know. There's no solution. I'm sure there is a solution that would be very easily found on the internet, but I, that's too easy. So I'm not going to look it up. Maybe you could get some like chain mail type stuff. Maybe you can get some chain mail type stuff. No, 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 I heard you. I just don't understand what you're saying. You know, like what, like, knights wear? What would that have to do with anything? It would protect your hands. Oh, I was just thinking, like, armor, like body armor. I was like, I don't get how this relates, but I do like the aesthetic. I think what I'm thinking of is in um at least at Chipotle I don't know if other restaurants have these but there's like these metal cut gloves that you put on your non-dominant hand and so you can cut really fast and like close to your hand and it blocks the knife from cutting you okay straight up I'm putting those on my Christmas list I didn't know those existed they're awesome they look like chain mail though that's what I was thinking of okay I don't care if they look like chain mail that's fine with me I really thought about stealing one from Chipotle on my last day, but they are absolutely coveted, and I feel like I would have gotten caught and then gotten in trouble. And your arms were too full with my two boxes of salt. And I, I am not exaggerating, the 14 avocados I stole. <laughs> okay, what's your anti-recommendation? I'm going to go blow my nose, but proceed. Okay, so mine is hepatitis A. I'm pretty sure that's the one that you get... From not washing your hands after you use the potty and then you contaminate food so it's really bad for you so I am not recommending hepatitis A. That is one of the dumbest things that you've said on this podcast. I say it with love but I mean it. I was I was actually really really proud of that one. <laughs> it's not that it was not accurate it's just like yeah no shit. I don't recommend syphilis. <laughs> no shit, dude. <laughs> I just, I, for some reason, hepatitis has the 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 shock value, the 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 funny laugh for me. Okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> we started part three of Breaking Dawn this week. We read the first two chapters of, which are back in Bella's perspective. Um, and it also means a new part. Also means that we have a new epigraph and a preface. So, overall thoughts, and then we'll dig into the epigraph and preface. Okay. Overall thoughts. I was really interested to see the transformation process, because we've had no look of that this entire time. And it was pretty intense, I'm not going to lie. I mean, there was a whole chapter dedicated to feeling like you're literally being burned alive. Um, so... I, I felt I thought that that was really interesting and not necessarily graphic, but it, it really made me feel like, oh, damn, she's going through it. Um, so that chapter was that was a, an interesting read. The next chapter, Bella is a vampire. We are getting the first looks. And I I want to know how Brie Tanner was written before Breaking Dawn, right? I think parts of it were. I think, like, it's final form, no. Okay. So then, really, I mean, we read Midnight Sun before we read this, so it's not my first time reading what 
it's like from a vampire perspective. However, canonically, this would have been the first time that a reader would have read this um, perspective of a vampire describing what it's like, like the thirst, the, and really the first time we're seeing like a human going to a vampire. So you see like the difference in the way she's looking and hearing and like everything that's so different. So that was super interesting. I am also, I, this is, this is the tea. This is the drama that I was not expecting that Bella can't be around her freaking baby because it has blood. That's crazy. I did not, I didn't see that one coming. That was like, when I came upon that, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, I wasn't expecting it because I thought she was going to be like vampiric, but she can't even hold her newborn baby. That's crazy. Yeah, I guess we'll see how that one plays out. There's a lot there's a lot going on. And I feel like there might be some some hints as to what if if anything Bella has some kind of supernatural gift and that gift is having anxiety and wanting to make everyone else happy it's super people pleasing that's her that's her ability is that she's so good at making sure everyone else doesn't freak out that she's able to literally change the way people are um all i gotta say to that is takes one to know one (laughs) she's talking about me (laughs) i can't tell if you're offended or not so i'm just gonna keep it moving (laughs) No, I, you're 100% correct. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. It was weird to be back in Vampire Bella's brain. I kind of forgot how she was. It also was like, to me, it felt different enough, but still similar enough that it was reminiscent of the same narrator, but it had twangs of differentness to it that really to me felt like there was a change. There was some kind of change with Bella that like can be tangible to us. It just sounded just a little bit different, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, for all the things that Stephanie does wrong, I do think she's good at like differentiating her different voices. I agree. Okay. So will you please read us the epigraph? Personal affection is luxury you can only have after all your enemies are eliminated. Until then, everyone you love is a hostage, sapping your courage and corrupting your judgment. That's the last time I ask you (laughs) to read something. Sorry, proceed with the attribution. Orson Scott card. Empire. Um, Have you seen Boy Manor? You haven't, right? Anyone who has seen it, Paige just sounded like Jamie to me. Let me know if if I'm wrong. So it was it was realistic accent. In that it was annoying, yes. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> okay, so what do you think of this epigraph? I mean, this is this is it. This is like this is the final climax, the the denouement of it all. So Bella is so close to having this like fantasy life, this this life she's dreamed of so close to it but clearly she cannot have this perfect life until all of her enemies have been vanquished and that last enemy is the volturi so it is just setting us up for the the final the final elimination of the enemies so that the perfect cullen life can be achieved 
Okay, yeah, I feel like that transitions us well into the preface because she does mention the Volturi by name in here, so it's not a guess as to who she's speaking of. Um, but what do you think of this like scene that she describes? Like, what's cracking? I guess kind of it's a little bit asking you for predictions, but yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's dipping dipping the carrot, so to speak into this huge battle scene. And Bella has been, you know, so vulnerable and needs to be protected and in danger in every single battle and to finally see the tables flip and she's excited to fight. And we know in the next chapter or the next two that she's far stronger, even strong enough to hurt Edward. So for her to have this like power, this ferocity to be ready for this fight, it's an interesting twist to the Bella Swan we've come to know. Agreed. It's also kind of hot. Gotta say it. Somebody had to say it. Someone had to say it. Did Was this read at the end of Breaking Dawn Part 1? I think that... This? Oh, you mean in the movie? Yes. It is familiar, right? It's very familiar. I, I'm trying to figure out where I know it from. I think that, and I'm going to check and see right now. I thought it was like maybe that dream that Bella had. It is a dream Bella had, but it's on the honeymoon. I thought it was like that one she had the night before her wedding, but that was like with the dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Um... Now I'm trying to find where it was. Aha! I knew it! It was a dream. Okay, page 118. I think this is, like, almost exactly the same. Not word for word, but it's close. So it's a dream that she had on the honeymoon after she was already pregnant, but she didn't know it yet. Good job, Stephanie. That I, I felt, you know, I felt like that was a, a pretty nice uh, literary device, whatever it was. Yeah, it was like deja vu, but I couldn't quite place it. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Let's hop into this plot. My first note was that I just didn't feel like we needed to go back in time to what was happening when Renesme popped out, literally. I didn't need to hear it. We talked about this in Jacob's section where we just didn't need to hear this from Bella's perspective. We definitely didn't need to hear it. And also, I'm just dead at the fact that we've we've already read this. So we have all the information. We don't need any more. But Stephanie decided it would be great to give us the perspective of someone on morphine describing all of this. Like, imagine describing something on morphine. We don't we don't need it, Stephanie. We already know what's going on. It's not good. We don't need it. I'm not going to lie. I don't really know much about morphine. Like, have you been on it? I'm, I mean, it's a sedative, so I imagine just everything is very, like, loopy and, like, not detailed at all. So it's, like, that's a good perspective to write from. <laughs> okay, valid. <laughs> Basically, she's describing her perspective, as Paige said, very spotty, of giving birth. <laughs> and I'm kind of somewhat comforted that she doesn't realize that her spine breaks. I guess there's that. One silver lining in all of this. <laughs> um, let me see what I was going to point out. Yeah, we get the same dialogue that we already got, but from Bella's perspective. And then 
as we remember, Edward foolishly lets Bella hold the newborn baby, even though she's literally dying. Bella, not the baby. And I just wanted to point out how Bella describes her really quick. Okay, so this is page 372, um, towards the middle. Renesme did not cry, but she breathed in quick, startled pants. Her eyes were open, her expression so shocked it was almost funny. The little, perfectly round head was covered in a thick layer of matted, bloody curls. Her, ir her irises were a familiar but astonishing chocolate brown. Under the blood, her skin looked pale, a creamy ivory, all besides her cheeks, which flamed with color. And then, skipping down a little bit, the impossible face suddenly smiled, a wide, deliberate smile. Behind the shell pink lips was a full complement of snowy milk teeth. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's terrifying. Speaking of Halloween, like, can you imagine birthing a full-tooth baby? I read that line, and I read it yesterday, so on actual Halloween. And what went through my brain was, this is Halloween, this is Halloween. That is the most terrifying thing. A, like, a freshly newborn baby with regular teeth. I, It's unnatural. It's ungodly. I feel like it's like those TikTok edits where they like cut out their eyes and mouth and put it over something, but in real life. It's terrifying. And I love that Bella's describing it as like, she doesn't like, it's not favorable necessarily, but it's also not like, there's no fear around her description. She just like, it smiled. She smiled. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Here's also the thing. If, if Stephanie were to say like, like a, two tiny sets of fangs budding through her gums. That would make sense. Even if she was born maybe with fangs, but small, it would kind of make sense. It is not described as fangs. They just say teeth, which to me are just normal teeth, not fangs. That's so weird. Why are they like, you could have gone with fangs and it would have made kind of sense I don't know this does not make sense yeah I'm literally picturing her like drinking a beer in the womb like kicking back and reading a magazine <laughs> she pops out and she's like give me some peanuts I can handle it <laughs> ew <laughs> okay so then the whole thing happens where Bella basically dies I've always liked the description of this like I love the atlas reference um, that she makes, I think, like, in a couple pages. I don't know, I'm big into mythology, so I thought that was really cool. Just, like, it it made sense to um, kind of m use this metaphor of, like, a physical thing that she's pushing off. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, also it, it shows her, like, truest, truest vulnerability. Like, she can't hold on, you know, like... This is too much of a challenge for her. So it, you know, I, like you said, I think it's a fitting metaphor. I, it is, but it's also like, I feel like it's so poetic when she's like, this is all I can do. This is all I've ever been able to do is just hang in there, which is so relatable to me personally. But I mean, she says that she can't, but she does. Like she does long enough for it to work because Jacob literally thought she was dead. And I think Loki Edward did too. I think she was, like, like she was, like, agonal. Like, she was, like, close to death. Sorry, that was, like, that was definitely a mortuary term. I was going to say, did you mean diagonal? And what does that mean? It means, like, very close to death. Yeah, I feel like she was towing that line. 
like Jesus was next door. You know what I'm saying? That is essentially like the meaning. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. So right when she's just like, okay, I'll hold on to like the memory of Renesme to get me through this. She realizes that she's on fire, which just this whole thing is like, no, thank you. She's literally begging to die. As we know, Bella's not averse to dying, but like she's never wanted to, you know, and now she's like, please. (laughs) It's I, you know, like you said, we have not read this particular um, sentiment from Bella before. It's very jarring. Yeah, I think that what makes it the most jarring is she describes all the other horrible things that have happened to her as like sleeping or napping or chilling or drinking water or something, doesn't she say? Or something, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, she would rather have her femur snapped a hundred times over than suffer this once. And I have to say, I feel like Bella means it, because that's some shit I would say about, like, going to the dentist, but I'm dramatic. Like, I feel like she's not dramatic. Yeah, no, Bella Bella literally had glass in her arm, and she was like, it's not that big of a deal, I'm fine, like, I'm doing okay. <laughs> Fell off a motorcycle and was like, it's okay, we don't need to go to the hospital. Let's go again, yeah. Okay. So... I mean, honestly, the most of the rest of this chapter is just Bella laying there suffering. And it turns out that Carlisle and Edward had planned ahead of time to give her morphine in the hopes that it would help make the transformation process less painful. But instead, it just basically makes it... I don't even know if you can blame the morphine here. Like... I don't know how Esme was because we have no description of that, but is it like, is it because she's paralyzed at first? But she's not paralyzed for very long. I don't know. Basically what I'm trying to say is Bella thinks that it's the morphine that's making it so that she literally can't like, it's like a night terror. She can't sit up, scream, do anything. She can't move. She just like, like sleep paralysis kind of is what I was trying to say. Yeah, I I mean, I it could be the morphine. I kind of just assumed it was like par for the course, you know, like she's under she's under construction right now, so she can't move. I don't know because she does make a point that the others haven't like described this being a thing because she says like Carlisle tried really hard to stay quiet so that remember cuz he like got bit in the sewers or whatever, so he was like trying to not get caught. I think it also says something, again, to Bella's need to people, please. Like, she does not want to show the suffering that she's going through. Maybe she could move, but, like, she would not will herself to do it. So to spare Edward the feeling that she was going through it, you know? I could totally see that being a core motivation for these actions. Yeah, and it totally does become that after she realizes that she does have the ability to move. She just chooses to keep not doing it so that she won't upset Edward. But also, I feel like it could be, I feel like you're right, like it could be a subconscious thing, too. Yeah, before I could definitely see it being the morphine, though. That's, I think that's a reasonable explanation. Okay. This is just showing me that I know nothing about morphine. But She's also paralyzed, too. It could be that as well. Yeah. I do got to say that... I mean, she's paralyzed from the waist up, as we assumed, right? Okay. Anyways, I do got to say that it does make me irrationally angry that Edward sees that 
And it's just like, maybe she, maybe she's not feeling any pain at all. Like he doesn't expressly say that, but it's implied. And I'm like, as someone who has been through this, you really think that's possible? Really? It's, it's just, it's just a classic man's reaction after his spouse has given birth. She's probably okay. She's doing okay. She's fine. Clown shit. Okay, so Bella's burning, blah, blah, blah. She passes time by counting Edward's breaths. She hears, like, various conversations going on around her because she's now gaining her supernatural hearing. Um, there's this weird snippet of conversation between Edward and Carlisle that I wanted your thoughts on. I'm um, on page 381. So this is, like, totally out of context for Bella and for us. No, I'm staying right here, Edward whispered, answering an unspoken thought. They'll sort it out. An interesting situation, Carlyle responded, and I thought I'd seen just about everything. I'll deal with it later. We'll deal with it. Something pressed softly to my blistering palm. I'm sure between the five of us, we can keep it from turning into bloodshed. Edward sighed. I don't know which side to take. I'd love to flog them both. Well, later. I wonder what Bella will think, whose side she'll take, Carlyle mused. One low, strained chuckle. I'm sure she'll surprise me. She always does. I'm going to keep it real with you. I have no fucking clue what they're talking about. (laughs) I'm curious if you have any predictions. I mean, like, I have a guess, but. I mean, clearly, to me, they're talking about the imprinting situation. So there's two sides to this imprinting thing. The side that is for it and the side that's against it. And I'm trying to think who would be the the spearhead of the two campaigns. I guess Jacob is the, is probably the spearhead for pro. That would be my assumption on that. Con, perhaps perhaps Leah, perhaps Rosalie, perhaps Sam. I guess time will tell. I guess so, because I sure can't, because I have no fucking clue. (laughs) Back on my dumb bitch shit. (laughs) Okay. So after that weird, brief conversation, um, Alice comes to visit, and very rudely, they don't say out loud, I'm like, you know she can hear you. You know she can hear you. They don't say out loud how long it's going to be until Bella's done, but... Alice shares it with Edward mentally. I'm very annoyed for her. Um, I also just wanted, I have to point out, I have no choice but to point out that your favorite baseball team is featured in this chapter. (laughs) I was hoping we were just going to scoochy scooch on by that, but I knew it was going to get brought up. You know, I can never. um, I'm sure it's Emmett. Somebody is watching a Mariners game um, in the basement and Bella can hear it. And the Mariners are from Seattle, not Florida. The Marlins are what you're thinking of, listeners. (laughs) Okay, so then Alice eventually goes and gets the others, except for Rosalie, who keeps Renesme out of the room, which, as we already said, is because she has human blood in her veins, so they don't want her around Bella. And then, with a flourish... Bella's transformation is over, and she opens her eyes. And that's the end of that chapter. 
I just really want to know what the fuck is going on with Renesmee. Like, I cannot figure her out. Okay, do you want to say more? Well, it's just like, she was born with teeth. She had the vampire sack. She's clear. She grew really fast. So clearly she's not a human. She has special abilities. But she has blood and her heart is beating. So what is she? Frankenstein. Actually, Frankenstein's monster, if we're being literarily correct. Which we always are. I don't know about always. I mean, speak for yourself. Um, I'm just, I'm sure, I'm sure the, the mystery will unfold before my eyes soon enough. But I really just, I'm at a loss for guesses. Like, I just don't know what's going on. Your curiosity is piqued. Steeped with anticipation. <laughs> Do you have anything from chapter 19 that we missed? Um, I don't have anything else. I want to begin chapter 20 by saying, did I think I'd be comparing Vampire Bella to a shrimp at some point? No. But then this chapter happened, and momentarily I compared her to a shrimp. Elaborate. I can't wait to hear what this is. Do you want me to say it now or wait until we get to the part? No. Shrimp can also see additional colors. Their their spectrum of color vision is larger than ours. So Bella and a shrimp have this in common. Now, how do we know that? Like, how is it possible that we know that, but we can't see it? I don't know. That's, ask the marine biologists. Like, whenever people are like, dogs can't see color, I'm like, how do you know? Did you ask them? Like, there's probably something in the anatomy of the eyeball and the brain that, like, this particular anatomical feature correlated with this part of our brain sees, has the ability to see this color. But again, a human brain and a, and a dog brain is different. Yeah, and if that's true, which you, what you said, which seems logical... How would we be able to see a, a new part of a shrimp brain and be like, oh, that one sees this color if we don't even know what the color is? It's a good question. I don't know. I really don't know. This, ever since I read this in like the eighth grade or whatever it was, has fascinated me. Like the idea that other colors exist that we just have no idea about. And also, why didn't Edward bring it up? I know I'm making a big thing out of nothing, but he he never thought to tell her. I think it's because he's been one for so long. Like it, like the th these things are normal to him now, and his human life is a blip of a memory. What you say makes sense, but I'm still mad, <laughs> and I will die on that hill. I also want to add on that I felt very similarly about like what could that color be? I can't even wrap my head around that when I learned the shrimp fact. Yes. Okay, you learning the shrimp fact and me reading this book is the same thing. It also reminded me of, which I kind of thought you were going to go towards until you said shrimp, but that book, The Giver, <laughs> you remember that? Yes, yes. And the movie, too. I don't think I ever saw the movie, but wasn't the, wasn't the concept, like, only the one main character can see color or something? It's like the, this, this old 
man is tasked with keeping this society's memories and he's now passing the memories on to this kid who's been selected to be the giver and one of the memories is color and in the movie it starts off black and white and then it turns into a color movie when he gets color that's wild yeah it's crazy just the whole concept really fascinates me, like colorblindness, which is not even, I always think that that's like the wrong term because they, people who have colorblindness can see it, right? They just can't distinguish it from other colors. I don't really know. I think it might be like a, like a gray tone, but it might be like a darker or lighter gray, depending on what the actual color it, itself is. See, I thought it was like, red and green look the same to you it could be something like that I don't know I just always in my head thought it was like it was gray I think my brother-in-law might have some sort of color blindness let me ask him if any listeners have some sort of color blindness please fill me in I am fascinated send us an email tuesdaysafrictwilight.gmail.com please I love to learn new things me too me too okay now that I've waxed poetic on I, like, put, like, five exclamation points on that note in my notebook. Anyways. Okay, so this whole opening is really interesting. Just um, us witnessing Bella just taking in all these different scents and sights that she's never been able to see before. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I hope you did, too. Yeah, it was lovely. I mean, we really did get to see a... a introspective into vampirism that we have yet to see like this is just so fascinating to imagine something that like our brains literally can't imagine like it's crazy yeah because with the other vampire perspectives that we've gotten which again we wouldn't have gotten if we hadn't read things out of order but they had already been vampires for an established period of time so they like weren't going to be sitting around like i can smell everything you know Exactly. And like what they're seeing, what they're experiencing compared to, I mean, just a few pages ago, we were reading something from a human perspective. And then several more pages ago, we were reading human perspective, but from the same narrator, too. Right, right. And also like the changes in herself are really interesting, like how she describes how she moves without like even really trying to. Like, that's really interesting. And the sensation of like no longer breathing, but still breathing out of comfort in a way like that's just so weird to think about I know it almost like feels like um like phantom leg or phantom limb I know she brings it up in a different context but it does remind me of that of like isn't that did I make this up or is it a thing like if you have a limb amputated sometimes it'll still like quote-unquote itch or whatever yeah 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 I've heard of that um at the bottom of 389 she finally looks at something other than you know like the room around her she she's like let me just put a pin in Edward and come back to it but my note (laughs) she says Edward's face was the most important thing but blah 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 and then um on the next page a little bit lower down she says all this was a sideline the greater part of my senses and my mind were still focused on Edward's face I had never seen it before the second this is petty and stupid, but I have to say it anyways. What if she thought he was ugly? I would have lost my shit. 
how how devastating would that be? <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> Backup plan, sorry, he's taken. Ooh, by your child. By your zero-year-old child. <laughs> Literally two days old. Oh, my God. Okay. Unfortunately for us, that's not what happened. She talks about how beautiful he is. Ha-ha. <laughs> if you thought that reading Bella and Edward together before was hard, just you wait until now they now they can kiss with no no holds bar. They can put as much tongue in each other's mouth as they want without any worry. You you fucking know that's what was happening in this scene in front of the entire family. You fucking know that was happening. It feels ironic to me that you're preaching to me about this when I have already had to read further instances of them being disgusting and you have it. I'm just, I have to express my disgust as vocally as possible. Well, I look forward to your letters on what you're about to read next. Our intro should have been like us as members of the Cullen family waiting for this to finish up so we can like continue on the conversation of how Bella's doing. Yes, and also, to bring us back, do you remember when Brie and Diego overheard Victoria and Riley and they were clinking and clanking? Except now they're in the same room with these people and they have to watch it and hear all the nasty fucking rock clink and clank and slip and slide shit. Renesmee's poor infant eardrums downstairs are being subjected to the grating sound of crystal scraping against crystal. Yes, and Bella says the way I was curled around Edward was not for polite company. That to me means he has a boner and he's like fully engorged. I, it was disgusting. Disgusting! I love that of all of the Collins, Emmett is the one to step in. Like, that's how you know you've really crossed a line when Emmett, the king of manners, is like, um, hello? <laughs> like, you literally have eternity. This can wait. Let's find out how Bella's doing. Or just like any other relevant question, like their newborn baby. The fact that Bella's best friend just imprinted on their newborn baby. I just, there's a lot more that's important, it seems like. Yeah, there is. There 100% is. I also want to point out that, now I'm not blaming her. That she's taking a lot in. But the drama of Bella backflipping off the table and landing like fucking Spider-Man on the ground. And like looking up with her feral eyes like this beast of a woman she didn't have to do all that she didn't even mean to i'm actually going to defend bella on this because she didn't mean to and a or b it also sounds hot it was hot but it was just i was like bella's first vampire move is a backflip and i it was it was dramatic for me i kind of had to stand because this is the girl who like literally could not walk over a flat surface before this is what's gonna tip charlie off 
he's going to be like, this is a different daughter of mine. Because you can't, like, you can't learn that shit. If you are chronically clumsy and you just suddenly now never break a bone again for the rest of your life, what? No. So true, bestie. Um, oh, there was this quick thing that I wanted to point out on page 391. She's talking about it in the context of Renesmee, but she says, Already the memory seemed dim, like I was watching through a thick, dark veil because my human eyes had been half blind. Everything had been so blurred. This reminded me, this is not important, but I just wanted to make this point. It reminded me, so I, for a living, deal with photos and things like that. And I get them often from um, people in schools. And they, the amount of blurry photos that I get, you guys do not understand. And so it's actually really fun to me sometimes because I go into the little photo editor that I use and I turn up sharpness all the way. And I'm like, oh, that looks kind of insane. You know, like a little too sharp. But then I reset it back to normal and I'm like, how was I looking at this photo before? Like, it seems not real, but it's literally the original. I don't know. It's just very interesting to me. It sounds very interesting. I'll send you a Snapchat of the next one. I do, when I'm editing my photos, I do like to put the saturation up just a little bit because it adds a nice little flush to my cheeks. See, I can't do it too much because I look like orange. Same. It It is just a touch. It just adds some color, some vibrancy. And also it can make your eye color pop too. True, true. Um, my photo editing tip of the day is always vignette, you know, like vignette. Mm -hmm. Always do that a little bit to your photos. It won't be noticeable, but it will draw the eye more towards the subject. I I actually have found that I like vignettes a lot. So is it vignette, like the writing? Yeah, but the photo editing term is like, um, becomes darker on the edges. Yeah. Um, I've found that I've liked my photos that have that, and now I get why. Exactly. Anyways... On Paige and Emily Photo Corner. Okay. So after this is when they do the really disgusting thing that we already talked about. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, Bella is able to hurt Edward, which seems incomprehensible, but is true. Oh, Carlisle is interrogating Bella about, like, how the transformation felt and if his little idea worked. And she's like, ah. <laughs> she doesn't want to upset Edward. So she's like, I'll tell him later. Also, like, as if Edward's not going to find out, Carlisle's going to start thinking about it. I know. She does have a thing where she's like, I guess he probably won't have to create any more, any more vampires, so maybe I'll just never have to bring it up again. I kind of like that. Yeah, me too. Avoid the problem until it's no longer a thing. Yeah. So Bella knows that she needs to go hunt, but she keeps getting distracted by all this different shit. Um, first, she asks to see Renesmee, and that's when they share the bad news that until she kind of has shit under control, she can't see her. And then she tries to ask more questions, and Edward very astutely, in my opinion. Like, that would be a lot to wake up to already, and then you hear that your former lover is in love with your daughter is, like, maybe too much. Like, I agree that they that she needs to hunt first, so I support Edward being like, let's talk about it later. Also, finally, finally, Edward can make Bella a meal that they can share together. And a, a man 
who's in a healthy relationship will know that the best way to like win your girlfriend's affection is to make her something delicious cook her a fine delicious meal she will love you forever so this this action of let's go hunting bella their first date in the vampire world i think this is a great idea i think you're using the term cook terms cook and make a little generously i think the sentiment stands all right i could get behind that i suppose um at this point this is when alice pops out and she's like wait let me show Bella what she looks like. So she goes and grabs a mirror. And this would be so jarring. Like, waking up after plastic surgery, but, like, on every part of your body. This was, like, triggering to read if you had body dysmorphia or have body dysmorphia. This is, like, it to a T. Damn. Yeah, I don't personally experience that, so I can only imagine. But I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, like, I feel it, because, like, you are physically different in this case. Like, it's not even not real. It's not even just in your head. You physically are different, and so now suddenly you have to get used to a new you. That would be, as an adult, that's crazy. That would be so difficult to see yourself and be like, that's me, even though it's not the me you've been looking at for the past 19 years. Totally, totally. And I don't mean to make light of this. I just mean this is like a very small stepped down example of this. But I recently got my hair redone. And about every third time that I redo my hair, I also, I'm already laughing. I also have my eyebrows done. And girl, I look like Groucho Marx for like the first two days. I was walking around telling people I was in my Groucho Marx era because honestly, the similarity was a little too on the nose and so every time I would see myself in the mirror for those two days thank god it washes out like pretty quick but I was like "Ah!" (laughs) so this is like that on steroids obviously it's you know it's nice to see what you'd look like that way now you know you don't have to try it again (laughs) but I the thing is I do or else my eyebrows won't match my hair but just like for as a style choice, you know what it looks like. So you know you know what to expect if you ever wanted to try it out in the future. <laughs> That's true. I'm literally going to post a side-by-side of me because I went to the zoo with my family on the day that I did it. And so they took pictures, of course. And then, of course, my sister had to like show them to people. And one of her friends that also went to high school at our same high school, so she's known me since I was a little kid, was like, oh, does Emily dye her hair? And I was like, yeah, we, I know I look like Bradshaw Mark. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I'm speaking this into existence. I'm going to put a side-by-side of me and Bradshaw Marks on our Instagram post for this episode. So you will see what I mean. I also have something excited to post on our Instagram stories, but I'm keeping it a secret. Okay. I don't even know what she's talking about, folks. So I'm as excited as you. I've been waiting for a little bit to post this. Um, it's from... And no, I won't even say. I won't even say. Okay. Um, this is a great time to uh, give a shout out to one of Paige and I's favorite TikTok creators, Thicky Ricky. His, if you have not seen, I don't know how, if you're like in the Twilight fandom at all, if you have not seen his Jacob Black wig series, do yourself a favor and look it up. Literally the official Twilight Instagram shared it on their story. So you got to look it up. He's the best. I am also dead that he changed his username because I know him as Rico Taquito. 
he what like I think that might be his like his like display name. I'm pulling him up. Oh yeah, Thicky Ricky is his display, and then his at is Rico Taquito. Okay, so I had it backwards. So thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. I always think of him as Thicky Ricky because I think it's funny. <laughs> I also did share that TikTok to our Instagram story. So if you saw it on our Instagram, then you saw it. But there's more. You guys need to see the whole series. And I was so glad that you shared it because I was literally like going to do it. And then I saw that you already had. And I was like, oh, my God, that's perfect. He's hilarious. I love him. Also, I wasn't going to do this on air, but I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling like. This is the moment. Now that you know about Renesmee, you need to see this. So in the movies, <laughs> I'm already laughing. They like use this weird doll to like use as a placeholder because as you remember in, in Breaking Down Part 1, like that baby's clearly CGI'd in some way. Like I think there was like a real baby behind it, but they like did effects to her. So anyways, when they were shooting... They use this fucking doll and it is the creepiest fucking thing you've ever seen in your life. Okay, I'm gonna start on Renesme. That's from the movie. Are you uh-huh. ready for this? I've seen that doll. I feel like I've seen a meme of it. You probably have because it's all over the internet, but this is real. What did the actors think of that? I feel like there is a thing where Robert Pattinson made a comment about it. Let me look this up. Now, this, has, this, this episode is getting out of hand, but also I don't care. I'm dead because when they made this doll, the CGI baby was not real. So this was the creator of the baby's interpretation of what Renesmee was going to look like. I know, it's so insane. And the internet refers to it as Chuck Esme, like Chucky, you know. Um, I'm not finding anything about what Robert Pattinson said about it, but anyways. <laughs> okay, everyone knows the picture I'm talking about, so I just wanted you all to hear Paige's reaction to that. Okay, back to the plot. We're almost done. So as Bella goes to look at herself in the mirror... Jasper steps forward to kind of like monitor her mood and there's this quick moment where she's like oh I didn't know Jasper looked like that what did you think about that it was it was very it was very Frankenstein's monster-esque like to really see the scars and like where his his flesh was torn and then glued back together it was pretty pretty intense yeah she basically explains that like she would never have been able to see it as a human but like as a vampire she can just all like Jasper's defining feature are his scars from all the battles that he went through when he was like quote unquote younger. And I'm pretty sure there's a moment in Brie Tanner where she sees Jasper and she makes a comment that like he looks very frightening um, and that she noticed the his scars. And so now we see why. Yes, I remember reading that and I was like, ooh, little sneak peek. Um, also, when Bella reacts to herself in the mirror, we've already talked about, she's kind of jarred. She does end up feeling a little bit better when she can kind of like notice that her lips are not quite the right size or whatever. But I thought it was funny that she says, this is page 403. The alien creature in the glass was indisputably beautiful. Every bit as beautiful as Alice or as May. I love that. She doesn't even try to say her. She's like category of her own. 
it's I feel like there is there ever going to be any any kind of redeeming comments made towards Rosalie at this point I feel like Stephanie is losing all opportunities yes I agree but to me this was as good as it gets because it was implied that Rosalie's truly in a league of her own mm-hmm. yeah I yeah you're right you're right <laughs> I also love how defensive Alice gets okay wait no I'm skipping ahead I'm sorry let me go back first Jasper makes a comment that this is what Paige was alluding to earlier with Bella's quote unquote like special power of people pleasing where she sees that Jasper sees that she's stressed and doesn't want to stress everyone out. So she like pulls that back and like calms herself down. And then Jasper is like, you shouldn't have been able to do that. Like you have way too much control. You're probably going to (laughs) snap. And so that whole thing happens. It did. It did happen. <laughs> it's like, Paige has nothing to add, I don't think, but I'm just going to give her the chance just in case. Um, what I was about to say is I love how defensive Alice gets. Edward does that stupid fucking thing that's in every bad rom-com script where Bella's like, disappointed in my appearance. Like, do you don't like how I look or whatever? And he's like, yes. And Alice immediately is like, <laughs> she's about to fucking... Choke him out, which I, we all need a friend like that. That is a supportive sister-in-law. I'm sorry, but you got to hold your family accountable for their bullshit. It's true. Unfortunately, Edward was doing the thing of like, you're so beautiful. I'm just disappointed that I can't read your mind now that you're a vampire like me. There's another comment later that I'm like, that's what you decided to go with? Really? (laughs) What is it? Go ahead. So it's it's immediately after that part. I already know. I already know. Okay. Yeah. So Bella says, I feel I felt better at once. Oh well, I said lightly, relieved that my thoughts were still my own. I guess my brain will never work right. At least I'm pretty. It was becoming easier to joke with him as I adjusted to think in straight lines, to be myself. Edward growled in my Edward growled in my ear. Gross. Bella, you have never been merely pretty. We're not even going to comment on the fact that she just called herself dumb. We're just going to be like, you're beautiful, though. You're not just pretty, you're beautiful. Let's be a little nicer to your wife. She just gave birth to your firstborn daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I like the sentiment, but there was more that needed to be said. It's true. Also, I feel like I'm realizing in this moment that Stephanie has, like, a... I think we already established that she has, like, a breath fetish, but we've also talked about how people never just say things in this book series. They never... Bella said. Edward said. Like, why do they always got to be, like, sighing? Growling? It's, like, fucking weird. It's very fan fiction-y to me. Oh, my God. That's tea. That is so true. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but when you're a critically acclaimed author and, like, have sold millions of dollars worth of literature, I don't know. (laughs) Be better. (laughs) Okay, that's the last I had from this chapter. Um, It just ends with Edward and Bella saying that they're about to go hunt. Did you find, this is my my final point to, to make, did you find there was, like, 
an exorbitant amount of times that Edward called Bella, Bella love in this chapter. Like, I felt like it was every time he said her name, it was Bella love. And it's never been like that before. Yes, I, this, this answer, this response is coming out of nowhere, which makes me think that it was pre-established in my brain. I think that he does that when he's trying to like calm her down. Because I remember distinctly another time him doing that was after he beheaded Victoria in front of her. And then he like walks up to her all slowly and he's like, Bella, love, I won't hurt you. So I think like that's where it's coming from. That's fair. That's fair. I could totally see that. But it's, yeah, I don't like it. Two thumbs down. Next week, we're reading just one chapter, chapter 21, First Hunt. I'm sure that you know generally what it's going to be about, but I'm curious if you have any specific predictions. Well, we're going to see an interesting take on Bella's take on how blood tastes as a vampire, since the only she liked it when she was pregnant and then absolutely hated it before. So it'll be interesting to hear how she describes it from the vampiric point of view. And then also just her experiencing like running and being in nature will be interesting. I don't think it's going to be anything too crazy. Okay. All right. I could dig it. Anything I'm missing? I don't think so. All right. We're back on our grind, folks. Happy November. Um, Paige, will you hit them with the socials? Here are the socials. You can <laughs> you can contact us on Instagram and Tumblr at Tuesdays are for Twilight. Send us memes, posts, whatever you feel. You can contact us on Twitter at TaftPod. Send us 150 character messages. We love that. Also memes. That's good, too. If you'd like to send us something a little longer, you can email us at TuesdaysAreForTwilight at gmail.com. Um, and if you'd like to donate to our Patreon and to be included in the final watch party, Breaking Dawn Part 2, you can donate to our Patreon at Patreon.com slash TuesdaysAreForTwilight. And as always, it, you can be included in that as well. If you donate to the Quilutes and their efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground, you can donate to that, find out more and read some cool stories and read about a great cause at www.mthg.org. Two things. Number one, you just reminded me of Wilfred Brimley when you said www. I don't know, maybe laugh. Also, I think the character limit on Twitter these days is like 280. Just throwing that out there. Good to know. But now that name censored owns Twitter. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen with that? I haven't been on Twitter in eons, and I you know, I, I, have, I have no thoughts on the matter because or I have no thoughts on name redacted taking over Twitter because I've, I'm not on there, you know? I don't know what it's going to do. I never, I was not aware that you ever even had a Twitter account. I had one in like junior year of high school and it was diabetic probs or something like that and it was like started off as diabetic jokes and then I ran out of diabetic jokes and then it just turned into my regular Twitter I need to see some of those tweets please can you find them I don't think I have any record of them I will find them myself <laughs> okay I'm on the case 
All right. Well, what are you going to leave him with for this week, Paige? I'm going to leave you with a fun fact. I think I've mentioned this before on the pod. If not, I know I've mentioned it just as something that I do. But every time I learn a trivia fact, I store it away in my brain in the hopes that someday I'll be on Cash Cab and then I can, you know, give all my facts. Baby teeth are also known as deciduous teeth. This is because deciduous trees are the type of trees that lose their leaves in the winter. So if you ever are trying to remember the difference or like what a deciduous tree is, think of deciduous teeth. They fall out. The deciduous tree leaves fall out. You know who doesn't have deciduous teeth? Fucking Renesme. Alien baby. <laughs> I... I want to know what she's chewing on. What does she need to chew on? She's an infant. She drinks milk or blood or whatever. That you know of. Let's wrap this up. (laughs) We'll see you all next week for chapter 21 of Breaking Down. Bye. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Bye.